And good evening, South Africans. It's Monday, Monday, the 16th of September, 2019, more than three quarters of the year through. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. This is The Viewpoint with myself, Song Azuma Bekle. We've got plenty to discuss tonight, of course. It's September, and we are at that time of the year where the University of South Africa, UNISA, the seventh annual Spring Law Conference, Reflections on South Africa, 25 years. A discussion on law, politics, society, and development. Thereafter, we are in conversation with the Deputy Minister for Social Development, Mayor Henrietta Buchupa Nezulu, talking to us about strengthening our efforts towards the protection of people with not Albinian, as Claudio Motsuneng would have you believe, but rather with Albini, albinism. So we're having that discussion at quarter two to the hour with Mrs. Henrietta Buchopanezulu, Deputy Minister, Department of Social Development. Of course, health on Monday is always on a Monday evening. 100 days progress report by the MEC for Gauteng Department of Health. Bandili Masugu will be in conversation with us, with us then. And then we will close off the final segment of the show with a conversation with the KZN's Department of Health. Mrs. Nomakuku Simelanezulu talking to us, KZN's health stance on foreign doctors. So plenty for you to con contribute to this evening's discussion and we look forward to your views. 891 My name is Song Ezo. Let's take a quick ad break before we continue with tonight's show. Hashtag United in Diversity SAFM leading the heritage conversation the Department of Basic Education, in partnership with SABC Education, are celebrating Literacy Month this month by hosting the National Spelling Bee competition on the 21st of September 2019. The National Spelling Bee is aimed at improving learners' performance in languages, especially English. This, year's 27, this year, 27 spellers from grades 4 to 6 across the nine provinces will battle it out to be the top 2019 national speller in the competition. SABC Education, enriching minds enriching lives. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Songhez on on SAFM. 2012 is the time, and this year marks a quarter of a century since the much-celebrated post-apartheid South Africa's dispensation dawned in '94. To reflect on this, UNISA, the University of South Africa's College of Law, will host the 7th Annual Spring Law Conference on the 17th to the 19th of September. That's Tuesday to Thursday, under the theme, Reflections on South Africa at 25, Law, Politics, Society and Development. Considering the fact that yesterday was World International Democracy Day, has democracy benefited the previously disadvantaged? Has democracy maintained any bit of the order before it dawned in South Africa? What movements have you liked? What movements have you not liked? What would you like to talk to us about in any matter, be it law, politics, society and development? To lead this evening's conversations is the chairman of the UNISA Annual Spring Law Conference, Mr. David Letzualo, who is going to now lead the conversation on Reflections on South Africa 25, Law, Politics, Society and Development. Good evening, David Letzualo. How are you, sir? Uh, evening, Sangezu. Happy to, to be with you. Thank you so much. I love law. Any discussion on law sort of tickles my fancy big time. So let's have this conversation about something as important as this 25 years. This is a good time for us now just to sort of reflect as a nation where we've come from, what we have done that we are proud of, that we are not proud of. Because 25 years, quarter of a century is probably a good time not just to reflect, but rather to conduct a proper introspection, which in many respects is going to determine the next 25 years. Where are we in the previous 25 before we talk about what heralds in the future of the next 25? 
thank you very much. I I'm not so sure whether I can be able to say where we are because um, I think it's it's a, it's a confusing uh, confusing kind of state. And I'll mm. tell you why. Mm. Uh, our approach is that when we look at where we are in terms of the progress or lack thereof in terms of you know advancing issues of freedom, we must look at the real ideals of the freedom struggle, and we check the progress against that kind of template. So if, for instance, uh, one believes in the Freedom Charter, mm-hmm. we'd have to look at the Freedom Charter's ideals and then and, and look at where we are in terms of this whole uh, 25-year period of the so-called democracy. And if you don't belong, uh, if you don't believe in the Freedom Charter, for instance, say you believe in uh, an Africanist, let's say an Africanist manifesto, we have to look at where we are in terms of uh, that particular kind of framework. Or if you are uh, from a black consciousness movement perspective, we have to look at the values that drove black consciousness against what we see today in the light of the whole uh, quarter of a century of, uh, you know, this changed uh, phase of uh, government. Because uh, I think that uh, we mustn't confuse the delivery of democracy with the face. Seem to have broken connection with our Mr. David Letzwalo, who's the chairman of the UNISA Annual Spring Law Conference, reflecting on South Africa 25, law, politics, society and development, whilst the production team off microphone, if you like, is trying to reconnect with him. That's the question and the conversation that we're having. He mentioned something which startled me, so-called democracy. I really wonder what he means by that. And I was actually going to be probing him on that question after giving him the platform to sort of lay as foundation what he believes is 25 years of South Africa in the context of law, politics, society and development. Whilst we're trying to get hold of him to return on the line, I would request that we contribute now as opposed to wait later because we have the tendency to wait until the tail end and then we get a flurry and flood of calls wanting to engage, meaningfully so at that, but oftentimes with very little time. So the number to dial is 0891104207. Law, politics, society, and development. A diagnosis, reflections, introspection, and analytical perspectives, really, from across the gender, from across racial lines, from across the political divide, and especially from across the class lines. The question has to be asked in any manner of things, be it law, politics, society, and development. Where is South Africa after 25 years? Let's talk about, I mean, he mentioned the Freedom Charter. So from the Freedom Charter's perspectives, where are we? And what gains, meaningful gains, of course, have been made since 55? We're talking about the perspectives of the PAC who are known for their land policy, the land first and all else shall follow. Black consciousness, he mentions, the father of that, of course, who was celebrating 42 years of his assassination, Dr. Steve Biko, or his brutal murder at the hands of the apartheid system. Black consciousness in that the equal enterprise of human beings across the color lines and that black man, you're on your own. So let's introspect from that historical perspective as we have been invited to by Mr. David Letzwalo, Chairman, UNISA Annual Spring Law Conference, Reflections on South Africa 25 Years, Law, Politics, Society and Development. 891 The time is 2018 and David is back. Good evening, David. You want to carry hey, on, please? Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be back. Sure. 
Yes. Okay, whilst you were interrupted, I mean, I sort of took the time to say you, you had mentioned something in these words, open quote, so-called democracy. Yes. Close quote. What do you mean by that? Because it's a relative concept. Um, if, you, if you are happy, let's say you are, a, you are privileged, perhaps as a white person, uh, uh, in this kind of situation, you'll be very much uh, happy to say uh, it's a democracy. But uh, if you're not benefiting anything, you don't see any sense of freedom, perhaps as a black person living in, in a squatter camp with no food to eat and so on and so on, then for you, uh, it won't be democracy. And from my point of view, I would rather say it's a so-called democracy because for those who benefit, who see it, who realize it, then they can say democracy. But for those who don't realize it, I mean, I'm looking at people in some remote villages who don't actually see or experience what you and I might be experiencing. For them, it's not democracy. Those who have land, for instance, uh, will, will, will enjoy this whole thing. Or perhaps those who have uh, tenders from wherever, they will be saying, oh, demo- democracy has done us good. 1994 has been a democracy. But if you have been at the receiving end of all, you know, harsh realities of um, social, cultural, and economic, you know, problems in the country as a disadvantaged black person, then you will never be singing songs such as democracy and, and things like that. So and for the most part, I suppose you are generalizing when you say black person and white person. I mean, I don't think you're speaking in specific terms. The reason why I'm saying this, for instance, the, the, the changing face of poverty, if you like or the multi-dimensions to poverty in the sense that, at least where I live in Pretoria, I do see quite often, more now than ever before in the previous 20, or in this last 25 years, the face of poverty is taking on a white face. So I would imagine when you say black persons who have not realized the gains of what a democracy promises, you don't exclude those white persons who will be knocking at my window. Oh, no. I, my, my view is that to look at the system the system favors whiteness. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a reality. So sure. I'm not going I don't to, dispute uh, that. I'm not, I'm not going to be looking at uh, a few people that are, you know, in, in Pretoria, uh, for instance, living at large as black people and say, and I start generalizing that black people have arrived. Similarly, I want to look at a, a, a few white people who are, who are having hardships and then say, oh, black, blacks and whites equally so are experiencing poverty. So in the, the system has always favored the privileged who are white people. And we mustn't be afraid to be uh, race conscious because colonialism and apartheid were, fra- were premised and phrased mm. on the question of race. Mm. So colonialism is about disadvantaging, conquering, and vanquishing black people, Africans, and uh, to the benefit of white people. That is colonialism. And similarly, apartheid was not shy about it. It was about empowering and benefiting white people at the expense of the indigenous people of this country, uh, you know, Africans, uh, you know, to be specific. So let us be straightforward and call, mm? be, be objective. The problem with South Africa is that we tend to dance a lot to songs of rhetoric, hence the whole thing of rainbow, rainbow nation, if everything is okay. So my my view is that we mustn't, we mustn't, we must differentiate between ideal and reality. So rainbowism is about the ideal, something that people are dreaming of, mm. that uh, the, the rich and the poor are united in their diversity of mm. poverty and wealth. Mm. You know, blacks and whites, although one section is culturally more empowered than the other, 
things, you know, forget everything, let's sing the song of rainbow. And we are all the same. And reminding us of that old uh, apartheid colonial songs of, you know, God made them all, you know, all things bright and beautiful. You know, God made them all. So I think we must change the narrative and imagine a society that is um, purely, uh, you know, fair and just in terms of South Africa or Azania as an African country rather than a, a replica or an image of Europe. You know, when you talk about law, politics, society and development, when you say, shall the country reflect on 25 years of its democracy, in your words, so-called democracy. Yes. I, I can't not, especially in the context of law, which is a reflection of democracy. Our democracy is premised on the Constitution. Let me just read Section 1. I mean, I can always read the preamble, and I'll get into it in the substantive elements, but let me just make this submission. Yeah. Let's, let's read Section 1. The Republic of South Africa is one sovereign democratic state founded on the following values, human dignity, the achievement of equality and the advancement of human rights and freedoms. B, non-racialism and non-sexism. C, supremacy of the Constitution and the rule of law. D, universal adult suffrage, voting rights that is, and national common voters' role, regular elections and a multi-party system of democratic government to ensure accountability, responsiveness and openness. And that, in fact, is better detailed in Section 195 of this Constitution. Now, yes. let's look at the founding provision. When you look at our law, it has to be looked at against one. Section 1, essentially. This is South Africa. Politics against Section 1. Society and development against Section 1. What? Human dignity, the achievement of equality and the advancement of human rights and freedoms. Now, to the extent that this pact, this social pact, that has been endorsed both on the continent and the world at large. What in it hamstrings or is the basis of why we are where we are? From what you have said to date, I think there is a lamentation of sorts that says we haven't moved as far as we could have or should have, or the outlook for a sizable portion of the society is not as positive, say, as it ought to have been on the reading of that section one. To the extent that now that section one allows the status quo to be or doesn't allow the sort of advancement and human dignity and all of those aspirations founded in the Constitution but best expressed in section one, where then does the constitutional fall short to create an environment that can allow us in 25 years of law politics, society and development reflect with a sense of nostalgia and pride. Where have we got it wrong through the Constitution's formation? I think you've made a very, very important point. Before I respond, I must indicate that we acknowledge the supremacy of the Constitution as citizens. That is the supreme law of the land. Mm. And that 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 is uh, given on us. Uh, even if you are not part of the of the negotiations, you were born in 2000, you find this script that you have to conform to it. But mm. that does not necessarily make it right. Uh, it does not necessarily make the Constitution to be the best document. I don't know where the, this rhetoric comes from, because we, we grew up uh, with uh, this, uh, I think, fallacy that uh, the, our Constitution is the best in the world, as if there was a contest of constitutions, good pageant of cons- uh, constitutions, where our, our our constitution was selected as the best. And secondly, you say, where did we go wrong? 
perhaps I can say we might have gone wrong right in 1990, you know, in the early 1990s, as we were trying to get a solution to paper over problems, African problems, so that we can have political freedom, which is mere liberty rather than uh, true freedom. Because political um, uh, power itself does not necessarily guarantee fairness. So you 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 mentioned the preamble, which is very for me very much uh, idealistic, uh, if, if you if you if you like, because uh, it talks about it as if everything is is okay and everything has been uh, created or established in the constitution in a manner that accommodates all uh, cultures and and everything. But my view is that it's a reflection of a pact of the elite. You said it's a social compact. Perhaps one can say, yes, from a legal point of view, every constitution is seen to be a social contract of all citizens. It's a deemed contract. It's not really an actual contract. In other ways, you can extend the argument to say it's, a, it's, an, it's an arrangement that would be imposed on society, which is, which is fair enough. But we, that mustn't stop us from reflecting, truncating and engaging the, the document itself. And by the way, it and it's a fact that uh, it's not a, a magical kind of document that we have as the constitution. It's a predominantly a template of the Canadian constitution. Instead of looking at Africa itself, South Africa itself, we looked outward to bring a template that would be uh, seen to be that response to on that the question. culture of human rights and so on. And on so that on. point. On that point, you, you're raising something which takes me back to a discussion I had with Professor Stelo D. Goyana, Professor Dick Stelo Goyana, Doyen of Customary Law in Africa. And I think one of the conversations he and I were having that evening were women's rights to kingship in the traditional sense. And I think one of the theses, if you will, that came out of that discussion together with Zolani Mkiva was that perhaps it might be nigh to have a conversation between the compatibility of African customary law and the Constitution, a dichotomy or yeah. a complementary system. And where then, perhaps, especially in the context of your saying, it was a copy and paste from a Canadian constitution, which by true, and large is true, true, together with the canons of English law, sort of um, from our... German, uh, German law, yeah. Now, to that extent, the question still stands. Where did we go wrong? From your submission, I take it then, we used where it goes wrong in answering your question or in answering my question. You are saying, in essence, if I'm understanding you correctly, we went wrong by adopting tools being the Constitution, and using articles in it or sections in it that did not reflect the majority of the people, but rather elitists at the dinner table. That's why it reads, in your words, idealistic. Is that a fair assessment of what you've said? Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, the, the reality is that if we agree that uh, this country, uh, for me, which remains nameless, because uh, I believe that uh, we should have at some, at some point started thinking about the name of this country, I think in Africa we've got about two countries, this country and the Central African Republic, which I think still need a name. In the in the Sepedi culture, we'll say, in other words, it's, it's an abomination for a child to grow up without a name. So mm. we, 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 we didn't look at that. So we didn't have an African perspective or framework when approaching the negotiations. Uh, for instance, um, the the African traditional leadership was not involved in the negotiations. 
and Kulin uh, Singisa of the Zinzi Mandela Foundation would teach you about about that. When I'm saying you, I'm not referring to you particularly, but anyone mm. would teach one um, about the fact that Ubukosi uh, or Roshi mm. or traditional leadership has never been part of the negotiations. So a Western model was imposed. That is why, uh, from a legal point of view, there has never been any matter relating to uh, customary law or African okay. law, and that has been won in the Constitution. Hold the thought. Hold the thought, brother. Let me just get persons to call. 0891-104-207. This is what Mr. David Letzwalo, who's the chairman at the UNISA annual spring law conference that's starting tomorrow and ending on Thursday. That annual conference this year is under the theme Reflections on South Africa 25, Law, Politics, Society and Development. To frame what we have spoken about so far in the first half an hour of this hour is the Constitution is not an African document. It's a model of first world nations, in particular Canada, to an extent German and largely as well the UK, that has been made a document to rule over Africans where he goes on to say Africans were not part of the negotiating forum at both CODESA and the MNFP multi-party, MPNF multi-party negotiating forum. As a result, it gives us an idealistic constitution. If you read the preamble, some of the sections might be there, and these are indeed aspects of the constitution that we are all given, whether or not we own them because we feel sufficiently guided by them for our direction as a nation, he has reservations on that. So to the extent that our constitution, in the words of Mr. David Lezuelo, is not really meeting in terms of its tools, what South Africa needs to move forward, that's what he's saying in essence. And I might not be using the correct words, but I think the thesis of his argument is that let's engage him on that 891 104 We have another 10 to 15 minutes with him, so please get your calls in, make them short. Engage him. He's happy to take calls and questions on that. Now, let's engage. You say the African interests were not there. No, but no. if you look every, for the majority, for the majority, the persons who were on the other side of the National Party's negotiating table, it was the ANC, it was Ngata Freedom Party, it was the PAC, together with many other organizations who had black or African, sorry, not black, African faces. What then distinguishes those persons from those who are referred to as chiefs, who are referred to as tribal authorities? Did they not, first of all, almost just about mitigate their voices? And we think of KwaZulu-Natal, for instance, might, might be criticized for having been a complicit party, if you like, through Ingata Freedom Party to the apartheid government. Were tribal authorities the henchmen of the apartheid system? Did they have the kind of standing that was required to be at CODESA and the multi-party negotiating forum? This is a question. This is not me expressing a view in any way. And what invalidates, if you like, the Mandelas, the Tambos, the Clarence Maguetos, the Butelezis, um, and, and many others who are representing all the non-national party political formations at that table? What disqualifies them from having carried the interest, if you like, from the tribal authorities as you submit? First and foremost, we must understand that this was a negotiated settlement. And when you negotiate, there's a lot of things that you give up and there are some that you gain. Impressive. My assessment is that those who were mm. in power, those who had the, a muscle, real power in the negotiations, uh, won the, the, the battle. You can, be, uh, you can be a, a black person uh, or try, trying to represent African views, but at the negotiation table, there could be a lot of dimensions or factors that actually 
mitigate against you or actually yeah you know in in, in, in a way that you are not able to assert yourself and also must also look at the background towards the negotiations yes. uh, what was at the power, the power play uh, in there what led to the negotiations so there was a lot that was at stake and therefore one has to understand that a lot has to be given and for instance look at the the the, the ANC itself uh, wanting to get the political power which was there almost there for the taking but for me power is not really uh, political power as it were for me power is power you cannot separate polit- uh, political power economic power cultural power epistemological power linguistic power and so on and so on so we seem those to two are incredibly in important in, uh, the... we seem to have in, uh, negotiated in, in you know in bits and pieces now we'll have political power in other ways we'll have uh, you know, to take charge of, 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 you know, the politics of the country, but without economic power. That is why 25 years down the line, we're still struggling with a, mm. a basic mm. thing of, of, of land. So power you know, should be understood as power. So to be in government does not necessarily mean that you are in power. So I think that is where we should locate where we seem to have floundered in, in, in the Codesa negotiations. So again, look, to clarify on the issue of traditional leadership or chief, Ubukosi, or traditional leadership, has been distorted by apartheid and, and even colonialism. I don't think the kind of so-called chiefs you're referring to would be equated with those that fought in 1652 through to 1912, for instance. Because people must understand that from 1652 to 1912, the battle against conquest was led by uh, African leaders. Uh, you know, not political parties. Liberation movements started with the ANC in 1912, and I think that's a very, very important point to make. So when the when the when when the apartheid system came forth, it distorted Ubukos and had a lot of puppets in it. So that is where people tend to have a negative attitude towards uh, mm. African traditional leadership uh, in South Africa per se. So. When I'm talking about traditional leadership, I'm not talking about uh, this, uh, the fake stooges of apartheid and so on and so on. I'm talking about uh, traditional leaders in the sense of warriors such as Kukuin, for instance, uh, Makanda, for instance. All those people that fought um, against the, the invasion of, sure. uh, of the settlers. Okay, let me engage our listeners. Here is Tabiso from Kimberley saying, in my view, the status quo favors the white people who control the levers of economic power. Yeah. Democracy has been used as a tool to pacify the disadvantaged black masses. Even the black political leaders know this, but take a passive stance as they are financially controllable. Ideally, land should be repossessed, but it should be done in a sensible way, not the way of Zimbabwe. The masses hold the power and they should use their amandla to improve their economic lives. Tabiso calling us from Kimberley. I mean, rather sending us a WhatsApp message. Let's take calls in this order. Dumisani in East London and Makabele in Swanavel. Good evening, Dumisani. Yes, how are you? Well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I know, Swanavel. I'm calling from Eastern Cape. Uh, uh, I just want to feature in this debate. Please. You know, uh, the question of a customer rule when the, our democracy in 1994 was not actually featured in customer law as a, a legal as a justice system for example let's take the king uh, the case of king we like at Alinjab. 
was in jail as we speak today because, you know, the Supreme Court of Appeal could not interpret and, and grasp the gravity of what has really happened there. He was exercising, he was exercising his royal prerogative and the royal imperative, but now he's ended up in jail. So we're saying what? as this... Uh, no, no, sorry, Carol. Carol. As our democracy, you know, we, we, we sort of did not take recognizing the customary law even today. There are things that are happening in our society. Remember, so was our society, we were not really exposed in this colonial, I mean, uh, Western democracy. We have our own way of doing this. So in 1994, our democracy disqualifies everything that we, we, we were doing in our society. Excellent. That is my motive. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks indeed. We, 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 will, we will engage what you have submitted. Let me go on to my next caller. Let's go to you, Makabeli. Good evening. How are yes, you? Sir. Well, thanks. How are you, man? Um, thanks, uh, um, sir, gentlemen, to research an important and legitimate issue. Um, firstly, so what happened at a Captain Prime nineteen ninety six and during that time when the president, the president at the present, who uh, was uh, involved in writing the so-called constitution. Um, anyway, uh, my brother has already alluded that we were never involved as uh, Africans or South Africans in a, in a nation. I would like to highlight something that is always troubling the people of South Africa. Uh, one, okay, we are the people of culture. We cannot run away from that. Okay. Two, our culture is uh, uh, diverse, if I may put it that way. Three, we need, uh, there are things that we left out, so many things. In, in, in our culture. Like saying now, if you come and talk about uh, abracadabra or saying witchcraft or, or, or however they call it, one will laugh at you because that thing is a reality and it's not involved into our constitution. Those people do ugly things and they got away with it. For instance, how can a man uh, uh, in his own family for at the same time have a hanging because like that can that happen that is unnatural that is to do with such things I, I, I'm saying this because I'm 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 I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a victim okay I was bewitched and I had to abuse my wife for so many years seven years believe me but because she knew that that person wasn't me. I'm, I, I'm happy because I didn't kill her, but I was made to kill her. But fortunately enough, because whenever it happens, after a few minutes, I ask myself, who, who did this? Was that me? Look, um, Makabele, I'm going to have to cut you short there. Um, I would think we get the gist of your submission without necessarily getting into the core detail of a particular story. I think our brother David Letzolo has got what you have said after the ad break which we're going to take now he's going to respond to that let's take a quick ad break please Song is on, my on SAFM. 
David, you're listening. You heard what Tabiso and Kimberley saying, talking about economic power that has been neglected yeah. and to the extent yeah. that it has been given any attention, it has co-opted individuals who then serve as gatekeepers. That's what Tabiso said from Kimberley. Mm-hmm. Dumisani from East London talked about culture being not recognized, if you like, given the fact that he has a classic example of an African king who is jailed for performing what his community wanted him to do. It was a royal authority that he had that vested within him meeting out a punishment which to that community was acceptable as a way of punishment to keep if you like their version of the rule of law whether or not it's compatible with the constitution that's a question we have to ask to the extent that i was able to get our last caller brother makaveli talking to the fact that the constitution didn't involve the many societies and as well as culture is largely at least that's what he was able to say it's it's, it's absent whatever culture might have meant but i think i get him to say the witchcraft I don't know what to make of that, but <laughs> perhaps you might respond to all of those three comments, really. Um, Dumisani um, makes a very, very important point, which actually shouldn't have been made in the first place had we got things right in 1992, 1993, around there when we were negotiating. Uh, it's a typical example of conflict of laws. Uh, the, the Constitution, as I said earlier on, it's a Eurocentric uh, document, and which takes uh, African uh, or customary law as a secondary. And I'll tell you, for instance, mm. uh, and, and this will link to the point made by Makaveli. Uh, uh, if you look at section two sections, section 30 and section 31 of the Constitution, mm-hmm. those are the two sections that sort of, you know, sort of deal with the. Uh, you know, African culture and, and beliefs. But then it says that you can practice your cultural beliefs and all that. Be your, your uh, you know, the king in the, mm-hmm. in the Eastern Cape or uh, Machiavelli in the, in the, in that side, in the, in the, in the, in that sense of witchcraft. You can practice but. all those things, but those things must be consistent, must not be inconsistent with the Constitution. And that is where the problem is. Section 31, um, all these things may not be exercised in a manner that is inconsistent with any provision in the Bill of Rights. And by the way, the Bill of Rights, it's, uh, it's not really a, an African kind of, uh, you know, bill as it were. It's something that is derived uh, from, you know, what they call the universal Let me uh, ask this situation. question. Let me ask this question because you have responded to our callers. When we talk about the Bill of Rights as it reads in the Constitution, it might not capture in words what freedoms based on dignity, equality, and freedom in the true sense, justice, the norms of justice in African customary law. Where is the inconsistency between those values that underpin African societies of justice and the Bill of Rights? Where is the inconsistency? Don't tell me English or the words, but rather the aspirational aspect of it because wrongly perhaps even I'm interpreting you to say that the Bill of Rights is inconsistent with African customary law as if to suggest that African customary law is not inherently a system where Bill of Rights are covered and catered for that would be a very very uh, terrible mistake because uh, the Bill of Rights as is in the Constitution it's something that has been de- derived, if you like, from the universal, you know, bill of rights, as, as it were, which was not, uh, you know, crafted at an African table. So you, would, you wouldn't in any way 
expect and African aspirations to have been uh, considered in that uh, European table. That's, that's uh, first and foremost. And the other point that I would like to make around that in terms of conflict of laws and all that, I'll give an example of, uh, and I'm not going to advocate that, uh, you know, there shouldn't be equality. And, uh, or in, in Lesotho, in the constitution of Lesotho, they say on the question of, uh, you know, let's say equality, they say, okay, there shall be equality. However, when an issue relates to African culture, and that that should 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 not uh, should be that should actually be acknowledged that okay this is an an African traditional aspect. Then what what what's happening in South Africa? We just took it as it is. There shall be equality. Now you go to an African community where there is a, an issue of kingship or queenship, and then it says that the the throne shall shall move along the, the line of the males or along the lines of the females. I'm talking about the Mojaji community where the, the line is the females and then other uh, other other communities where the line is that of the males. And then one decides, okay, I want I mean also entitled because uh, you know of whatever reason I, I, I have uh, but however the traditional uh, code says I cannot be uh, in, inheriting this throne because I'm a man or because I'm a woman. So when you go to the to the to the Bill of Rights, as it is in the Constitution, it is so clear: equality. So you 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 have a situation where the the whole traditional system is going to be distorted and actually endangered because of applying. A, a, a Eurocentric notion of the so-called Bill of Rights. Okay. Now, let's give an example of let's no, say no, no. In we, the, we, we in have the, to wrap up. We have to wrap community up. Where a, a system of queenship. David, let's but, wrap up, please, because we're going to be cut short if we don't in the next thirty seconds, please. No problem. Sure, go for it. Go for it. Finish up. You know, I'm just saying that we have to be very much careful to say we mustn't celebrate and get into rhetoric of we must understand our system of African, uh, you know, culture and traditional leadership. As we engage with the, the, the Eurocentric notions of uh, of rights and so on and so on, otherwise we're going to run the risk of having our whole uh, system of Af- African uh, leadership and culture being uh, destroyed, if, if awesome. it's not already. Thank you very much. That's the chairperson, Mr. David Letzwala, of the UNISA Annual Spring Law Conference. It's the seventh of its kind. It's happening from tomorrow until Thursday, 9 o'clock at Mr. Hills in Maldersdrift, Gauteng Province. Some of the persons who you can look forward to listening as they will be speaking, Advocate Busisio Nkwebana, we all know who that is, Gareth Prince, human rights lawyer, the person who led for the legalization of marijuana, Kim Heller, Olani Dube, Dr. Kanisle Litchfield, Chabalala, former EFF Member of Parliament, Mkulun Singisa, Zinzi Mandela Foundation, Tando Sipuya, Robert Mangaliso Sobugo Trust, Professor Z. Tagat of UNISA, Advocate Sipu Mandula, David Letzolo, who, who you've just heard, as well as Professor Jay Creel, all from UNISA. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Mr. David Letzolo, the minister, is on hold. We will go through to her right after this.